0: Welcome to the Big Kids Book Club, a podcast about all things fictional from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of The Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host. And joining me on the show today, we have international author and winner of the Newbery Honor Prize. It's Lauren Wolk. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Marcus. I'm delighted to be here. It is super exciting. I love it when we get to travel across the pond, as it were, to chat to more American authors. It's fantastic. And of course, a whole new market we're just getting to know and brand new faces we're getting to know. So, Lauren, this is our first time meeting. So let's get to know ourselves a little bit better and a little bit better for our listeners. Do you want to tell us a small story about how you got into writing, maybe some of your writing journey up to where you are now? Oh, okay. Um,
1: Actually, even though I published a book for adults uh, way back when I was 30 years old, which was forever ago, I really feel like the beginning of my, you know, publishing career started with Wolf Hollow. And the inspiration for Wolf Hollow was my mother's stories about growing up on the family farm in Pennsylvania, and my own time there. And so I could tell a 1000 stories about The actual things that I experienced on the farm and that she told me about from her childhood and the imaginary things that my character Annabelle experiences and the mixture of the two, the fact and the fiction, which was such a pleasure for me to write my first book in the first person and my first book, as it turns out, for young readers, which I did not know it would be. So it was a lot of firsts in Wolf Hollow and um, the beginning of a spectacular time of my life and a lot of opportunities like this one right now.
0: Absolutely, and it really struck a chord among the sort of like not only the the readership itself, but obviously with those who sort of like review and champion books, because obviously it got the Newbery Honors Prize, a winner of that in 2017. As a an author, especially a debut author, a debut in in your child career, how did that feel to suddenly like you know this book that has so much sort of tangible sort of connection to yourself your mother these stories and then annabelle's story coming from that and being received in such a way i spent uh a Good deal of time and shock.
1: First, that I wrote this book, you know, after a long hiatus between my first book and this one, when I was raising children and I had a full-time career, I was still writing, but I wasn't publishing. Um, my editor at Random House had retired, and so I was sort of having to start over. And I decided instead of worrying about getting published or anything else or making a living, I would just write a story that was dear to my heart. It was a tribute to things and people I loved and places I loved, and I put aside everything else. And so I wrote that book out of love and the love of writing and the love of everything else. So when I when it became very very quickly um, a success, I was I was not only shocked. I felt really guilty. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? First of all, what did I do to deserve this? When I know so many people have written beautiful books who have not um, received quite as much acclaim or at the rewards that I was receiving. But also, I did this for love. I did this for the love of the craft and the love of the people and the place. And so I wasn't sure I really deserved it. But winning the Newbery Honor opened a lot of doors. It made me kind of appreciate the part of my life I was living, which I was in my 50s, and I'd spent decades writing. And my father at the time, who's not with us any longer, said, well, you quit feeling guilty about success. You have worked your whole life for this, and you should enjoy it. So I did. I started to enjoy it. Um, but I still remained baffled by everything that was happening. I just couldn't believe. I, could, I just, it just, it was just too hard to believe, you know, being a writer is not for the faint of heart. You have to be prepared for a lot of rejection, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of feast and famine. And when you finally get to the feast part, it is really kind of hard not to be waiting for the other shoe to fall. So that's a fairly long answer to a short question. But it was a it, and it continues to be even years later, a very confusing time. I often think I I I don't I don't know that this is real. I think I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be a dream.
0: Indeed. And I think the, the real reason that people sort of really connected was Annabelle just felt so human. And it's such a characteristic nature in, in her story where it's dealing with, you know, the small town setting of Wolf Hollow. I think that spoke to a lot of people, this sort of like very ruralized America. Uh, and then obviously her ways of just trying to like connect with uh, her family, dealing with like Betty and Andy. Uh, and obviously just the, the pure human element of like engaging and bonding with Toby. On that that frontier level, I think people could just, people just ebbed into that flow.
1: I think uh, strong relationships in a book, strong emotional connections in a book are very important if you want to engage your audience emotionally. And so because I was writing this from my heart, it was quite natural that it would feel sort of like a love letter of sorts. And and, I, and Toby, a fictional character, I, I fell in love with so deeply that when, I don't want to spoil things for people who haven't read it, but there were times when, as I was writing, I was crying. And, you know, Robert Frost said, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. And I believe that's, that's true. So Yeah, thank you. I I do believe the strength of that book and probably all of my books is uh, a combination of using sensory language
0: and emotional language to reach an audience. Indeed. And you mentioned your other books there because off the back of Wolf Hollow, you've managed to publish a couple of other books, Echo Mountain, and Beyond the Bright Sea. Interesting, we were chatting earlier how the fact that you're based on Cape Cod and Beyond the Bright Sea is very much linked to that sort of part of America Mm -hmm. itself. Was that another one that you had very strong connections to when writing?
1: Very, very, very. I always start a book with the place, with the setting. And I choose a setting I know really, really well. I made the mistake once of writing a book set in the desert and I I, I need to rewrite it somewhere else because I I don't know the desert, but I do know the ocean. I do know the farmland and I do know the mountains. so writing uh, Beyond the Bright Sea was another love letter to a place and the people who lived there and in um, and a time before I was born. But some things don't change much over the centuries, like the ocean and the mountains. They're pretty much the same as they were, despite everything we've done to them. So I, I, I think that's a way into historical fiction, too, to take the familiar and blend it with what I've learned through research. So yeah, Beyond the Bright Sea, very, very much um, a tribute to a place I love
0: absolutely and speaking of places you love you've returned returns to wolf hollow with the brand new book my own lightning now this is a, a sort of a weird one because when doing my research i got a, a copy of the book sent to me uh, and i realized that I, it's been out in the us for a little bit longer whereas it's just coming over here to the uk this mm-hmm. july it's been out in the us since about march am i right it came out in may May, that was it. So you've already had some reception. Obviously, normally when I talk to authors, the book's just about to launch. It's just coming mm-hmm. out. But you've actually been able to have some reception to it. So I was wondering if you want to tell us a little bit about that reception. How has the feedback been? Because obviously a sequel is the first one.
1: Yes. And, and I was warned not to write a sequel for Wolf Hollow because it has a very distinct ending, you know, no loose ends. And, um, it's, it's just sort of a entire unto itself. And I'd never written a sequel of any kind, so it was going to be new territory, but I really wanted to return to that place and those people because it was during a pandemic. And I really felt I wanted a safe place and people I trusted and loved. And, um, but, but even more importantly, Annabelle went through some very difficult times in Wolf Hollow, and I wanted to see how they affected her after the fact, to let a few months go by and then check back in with her and follow her through the new chapter of her life. And I'm really glad I did because I write without a plan, without a map. And as I was writing and following my instincts and following her into her story, I got to know some other characters I did not expect to spend any more time with, primarily a boy named Andy. And some new characters I invented along the way. And so it was a real adventure for me as well. So it was a blend, again, of the very familiar, a return to the very familiar, and a whole lot of new territory for both me and Annabelle. So it was, it was really invigorating.
0: And of course, Annabelle there is a first-person POV narrative. Always mm-hmm. has me wondering when coming back to a sequel, especially when there's been some time in between the two books did you did you find it difficult to get back under her skin to get that voice back in your mind
1: no, I, I didn't. I thought I might. And my trouble was with trying to decide how much to tell people about the first part of her story in Wolf Hollow and, and, and what to do about spoilers. You, you really can't avoid them in a sequel. Um, and I hate them myself. I never want to know anything about a book before I begin to read it. So that was the trouble. It wasn't hard to get back inside her skin. I really spend a lot of time getting to know my characters even before I start to write. Not their stories, but them. And Annabelle, to me, just like Crow. And beyond the bright sea, just like Ellie and Echo Mountain. They feel like my daughters, really, truly, authentically like my blood kin. And so, Annabelle, it was like she was just waiting for me to come back to her and pick up where we left off.
0: Indeed. But it's quite interesting the way you took it, not as a sort of, obviously, the effects of what has happened in, in Wolf Hollow are one thing. But rather than just simply look and examine them in the way they've done that, we also have this events. The lightning strike that takes place that really sets a whole new amount of variables and just life changing, altering really events in place, and particularly with Annabelle's uh, connection to uh, the dog. Is it Buster? I want to say he Buster's the dog.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. There are a lot of dogs in this book. There is a lot of dogs. It, yeah, there are. People always ask me if I have dogs of my own, and I do not. Um, ah. I don't have any pets except I have two sons. But I, um, I just my husband's allergic to a lot of animals, so I don't have have pets. But you're right about um, the lightning strike. I wanted this book to stand on its own. I wanted it to be um, able to stand on its own two feet. I wanted something to literally shock Annabelle out of the life she'd had and have her, it, some, something had to happen to her so she'd look at her world in a new way and launch us on a new adventure. And I was going through the pandemic at the time and a lot of social and political turmoil, as we all were. And I was constantly being shocked and prodded by the incursions constantly of things happening in the larger world. And I really, that crept into the book. I wanted her to have the same sort of external force that would trigger some sort of internal epiphanies and um, turned out to be a lightning storm.
0: Indeed, it sort of really sets the, the tone as well. And it's one thing that a lot of people have always mentioned about your writing, the, the beauty within it, the poetry, the underlaying sort of narrative within the narrative, that the words themselves, I think you mentioned earlier how it's the emotion maybe that you're, you're putting in. Imagine when this is knitting and that yarn is made of 100% pure emotion. <laughs> um, it's interesting that, does it take a lot out of you to write in a way that is so emotionally charged. I know you said you you're crying at some points and we'll yeah. find out-
1: Yeah. The, you know, you, no one's ever asked me that before. And, and it's something that I've just learned recently about myself. It, I should have noticed it earlier, but I get in a zone when I write. If I, if I don't have external um, interference, uh, I tend to get deeply into a zone and and to write furiously for hours on end. But it is so exhausting, partly because of, of that, That intensity, but also, as you say, partly because it's very emotional. And I work really, really hard to put the right words in the right order so they feel to me like fresh language. Um, Metaphors are, I just love, love, love writing images and lyrical language, because I'm a poet as well. And so it is exhausting. And now that I'm not working at another job, as of December, I, I no longer work outside of the house, which is a huge relief, even though I loved my career, I have more time. And I find that instead of working in these, these very intense stretches of hours, if I have them, I, I get exhausted, and I get up, and I go do something else. And then I come back, and I write, and I go do something else. I have that luxury which I've never had in my entire life before. And it's changing how I write too. And But that's the way people are. Life is, art is, it evolves. And so I'm evolving. My work is evolving. Having more time to um, deal with that exhaustion is, is really a gift.
0: Absolutely. And I think leaving it there on evolving is perfect because that's something that Annabelle truly does for the entirety of this story. She evolves. I think that's an even better way of putting it. For everyone who is interested, my own Lightning, like I said at the moment, it is out already in the US. It's coming out here in the UK from Penguin. Do keep your eye open for it. On its release date it might also by the time this is released have been released because the way of the magic of podcasting uh and moving and talking in the past and releasing it in the present and the future so lauren thank you so much for so many insights there it's really quite interesting to see delve into a bit of the writing craft where your mind goes to and, and sort of how you actually craft these books it gets me wondering uh you talk about sort of like being able to go away and come back and do something now that my own lightning is out there in the world are you back at the writing desk, working busily, crafting something new?
1: I am. I actually have two books. One I wrote during COVID, one I began during COVID. I say during COVID as if it's over and it isn't, but you know what I mean, during isolation. And they were so affected by... By everything going on that I'm rewriting. And I've never worked on two books at the same time. So it's really kind of leading me into new territory again. Plus, I'm working on a screenplay and I'm working on other other things. I mean, it's just like the world's filled with projects and possibilities now that I'm I'm focusing entirely on my writing. And it's it's exhilarating. And I'm very, very lucky.
0: Oh, we're wishing you all the best for those then. So obviously, we're possibly looking further maybe next year or the year beyond for them if they're still in the, the crafting phase. Yes oh well there you go well in the meantime we have my own lightning and like so we have wolf hollow echo mountain and beyond the bright sea and of course especially those books there if you are in the uk market and you may never have heard of lauren slowly getting your way across uh, the atlantic to us there are plenty more books for you to enjoy in the meantime uh, lauren a massive thank you for everything today, but before we actually end the interview, I just wonder if you want to, in three words, can you summarize My Own Lightning for you, for the lovely listeners, just to peek, if they haven't had the interests peaked already, how, what can we say to just peek it a bit more?
1: Uh, journey of discovery. It's all about
0: discovery. Absolutely. That's a beautiful one there. So one more time, My Own Lightning is out in July here in the UK, or out now, if you're in the US, from Penguin. Random House, Lauren. This has been an absolutely fantastic time. It's so lovely to meet people from all over the world and chat to authors uh, wherever they are.
1: I feel the same way, Marcus, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today and for all your
0: listeners. All right, it's been lovely to chat to you. I-, I don't want to completely let you disappear until you can let our lovely listeners know how they can find out more about you and your books. Is there some social media or a website they can go to? Sure, you can go to my website, laurenwalk.com. I'm on Facebook, I'm on
1: Twitter, I'm on Instagram. And um, if you're ever on Cape Cod, look me up.
0: There you go. And to you lovely listeners, we hope you've enjoyed today's session. Don't forget, you can head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club. That's all one long, lovely word. Uh, and there you will find additional sort of content from us as well as links to our website, bigkidsbookclub.com. Mm-hmm. There you'll find additional reviews, previews and over- nearly 150 episodes of the podcast so if you are just finding us if this is the first time you've clicked on and said what the heck is this there Mm -hmm. is plenty more for you to get and enjoy but that's all the time we have for this week so all i have to say is for you to take care to stay safe but most importantly to keep